Greetings all, welcome to this week's Red Voices, thanks as ever for stopping by, my name is Ewan and this week we've got a slight change to the normal schedule, we've got independent writer Darren Richmond with us to talk through those wins against Everton and Bournemouth, alongside getting a general overview of where he sees Manchester United at the minute. Then after that, back to normal business, Rich is with me to bask in the splendour of that 1-2 victory away for Juventus before we fall face first into last week's dour derby defeat to City. Now enjoy! <laughs> Darren, long time no speak. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks very much. Uh, still enjoying the fact that United were on the lunchtime kickoff on Saturday and didn't totally ruin the weekend, even though they got very, very close to doing so. Yes, absolutely right. Yeah, uh, surprisingly enjoyable, actually. Um, it's always nerve wracking when we're the first game of the weekend and you think it's going to sour the entire thing, but quite the opposite. Absolutely, yeah. Some encouraging aspects to that game. We'll come back to that and look at it in a bit more depth in a little while. But obviously, because most of the the last several months, we've just our our listeners have been graced by Richard and I basically just getting a load of issues and uh, moans off our chests. How do you see United at the moment? What are your feelings on the current state of play, so to speak? Um, It's a very difficult one because, in truth, which is probably not the most popular answer in the world. I've never cared less than I do at the moment. Um, I'm still a season ticket holder. Me and my dad go to pretty much every home game. But I think it shows how far we've fallen that, you know, kind of in the Moyes era and then kind of Van Hal as well, what I felt was, you know, it really hurt me and it really upset me. And now I'm starting to feel very philosophical about the good times. And what I actually think is I'm so glad during my teenage years when I needed United, I really needed them you know there weren't girls around there weren't other things to distract me (laughs) you know United won the treble when I was 15 14 15 you know that is the time to have them it's teenagers now and you know young kids now that I feel sorry for who support United where if you were going to take you know make a trade-off and say you're going to see you know from the age of what I think from the age of seven to the age of 27 I saw United win 13 league titles and two European Cups and God knows how many FA Cups like that's not too bad and if you'd said to me I'll give you all that between seven and 27 and you never win anything else again I'd probably have taken it and it hasn't worked that way because obviously we have won things since Ferguson retired but I've just got to this stage now where I kind of view going to games as like it's a time to bond with my dad and you know we spend the day together and that's kind of what it's about And the game is almost secondary to that at this point, which is, I mean, I'm quite glad that I'm able to be philosophical because for a long time I was unable to do that. (laughs) Yeah, I get that. I mean, that's almost the the away fan approach to a certain extent, isn't it? You know, it's not so much about the game and the result, more as the experience of actually traveling with friends in a big center community when Reds are traveling down to, you know, Bournemouth for a lunchtime kickoff, which is a what? five six hour drive from the northwest down to the south coast which is obviously wonderfully what's the word i'm searching for here yeah very considerate the fa for doing that but let's that's another conversation but yeah i I get that i mean i was very very lucky as well to live through a pretty much similar time frame you know the treble was one on my 12th birthday which was pretty decent present to be fair i guess one of the things about the last five years is that that's cushioned the blow somewhat but it hasn't sort of stopped things being quite frustrating but I'm, i'm kind of in a similar point at the moment where i still find myself during the game if it's going to be another frustrating draw like it was looking like it was going to be on saturday there's still this element of frustration with united because again you just see these great flashes especially in that second half where you just think this team could be so so much more under a different set of circumstances in a different context and you know we need to look at it in terms of some of the positives we've gone through two tricky games against Everton and Bournemouth and yes they were very very tight and arguably against Everton that was far tighter than it needed to be but still you know we got through both of them and you know you can't really trade off that feeling of scoring a last minute winner away from home for anything what a great moment it was for Rashford yeah it was amazing I I mean and I also think you know I looked at this set of fixtures um, which kind of started I think with the first Juve game was that the first no I think maybe Chelsea away was before that 
game. I was in the away end for that Chelsea game. And I sort of looked at it and I thought, well, I know what's happening here because we've got this horrible run ahead. And they've obviously, you know, all that talk that Mourinho was going to go the day of the Newcastle game. And I thought, I never quite believed that was going to happen because, you know, you see it with relegation struggling teams all the time. They never, ever sack a manager ahead of a group of really tough fixtures because the last thing you want is a new manager to come in and lose kind of five games on the bounce or something ridiculous like that. So I thought they'll give Mourinho... enough rope to hang himself he will take charge of these fixtures which are very very difficult and the chances are we're going to have a very very bad run of it and as it happens it hasn't been that bad you know we were obviously pretty poor at home to Juventus but Juventus are an extremely good team so they beat us and they will no doubt beat us again this week but actually we went to Chelsea and were seconds away from beating Chelsea at Chelsea who haven't dropped any points yet this season we've gone to Bournemouth and won we've beaten Everton at home Um, you know this could be a pretty tough week because obviously we've got to play Juve and City but I think You know, when you ask where I'm at with the whole thing, I can't quite even get the motivation to be massively anti-Mourinho. I'm not pro him by any means. I've always despised him before he was our manager and nothing he's done since he's come in has changed that radically. But what I kind of feel is Mm. I can't, I don't get the excitement of, you know, when it was Moyes or when it was Van Gaal, it was like, I'm absolutely sick of it. I need them to go. Now, having seen what's happened over the last five years, I just know someone else will come in and then it will be more, you know, all, well, they need a couple of seasons. They've got to get their own players. They've got to impose their own style of play. And, you know, Mourinho, up until this season, had done a perfectly acceptable job. You know, last season was pretty good. In other years, that points total might have won the league. Never felt like we were threatening for the title. Can't see a manager that would come in that would make us threaten for the title. So it's just sort of plateaued for me at this point where... I kind of think, yeah, I guess we'll be a kind of, you know, at best a top four club who wins the occasional trophy. But I don't see us mounting a title charge anytime soon. We are miles behind City. Miles. And and, and the problem is, you need to get an absurd points total to win the league now. You know, City are going to drop hardly any points again this season. We're not even looking like getting the amount of points that would have been enough in previous seasons. This year, we'll do well to get in the top four the way it's going. Absolutely, yeah, and that's that's the concern is uh, how much of the business of Manchester United is based around us getting top four, isn't it? You know, European football is arguably what the club wants every single year, and if it's going to be a struggle to get into the top four, you know, with well, I mean, gosh, Bournemouth are ahead of us at the moment, but you look at the top five, so that's City, Liverpool, Arsenal, Spurs, Chelsea are all looking relatively useful this season to varying degrees obviously you've got City thrashing Southampton 6-1 which has given me the yips ahead of Sunday but there we go that's another story but it's United seems to have taken a step back this season you know so many goals conceded and I guess at the moment to me based off the start of this season the last couple of weeks in particular I've almost felt like recovery mode you know the Everton game was again us fragile in defence making silly mistakes Pogba didn't help himself with that ridiculous showboating pass and then Chris Smalling being Chris Smalling with that awful awful tackle and then suddenly Everton were right back in the game and we were hanging on to a certain extent it's strangely that Everton game while I completely agree you know we gave away that stupid goal like you say a combination of Pogba and Smalling but actually what surprised me in that game is that we were not under as much pressure in the latter periods you know when it went to 2-1 I turned to my dad and said we will not win this game now And actually, they didn't really threaten that much. And even when they had a corner in the last minute, you know, it sort of didn't beat the first man. And it did start to feel like, oh, maybe things are a bit more solid. Maybe they aren't quite as fragile now. They aren't just going to fall to pieces because they've conceded a late goal. Which, again, we sort of hung in there in the Bournemouth game, which, sorry, carry on, you were going to talk about that game. Well, I mean, the start was what was concerning. Everyone seems to be confused as to why we start games so poorly you know I think Mourinho said after the match that his coaches were saying that was the best warm-up of the season so far and that really wasn't evidence throughout that 45 minutes you know I I, I take 99.9% of what Mourinho says with a pinch of salt but he wasn't wrong when he was talking about that defending it was pretty poor you know what was it 
I think it was Glazy who got him with a great chance when Smalling just committed himself so early on in that first four minutes and great save by De Gea set it wide Brooks with a great chance close by and the way that we defended that corner once Luke Shaw hooked it clear you know Mata just caught in no man's land and a quick low pass in and then suddenly we're behind good finish by Callum Wilson but such an easy goal and you could see it coming and it's just the way that we get cut apart is really really disconcerting you know there's some elements of our defense that I really like I much much prefer Ashley Young as right back over Antonio Valencia and it is nice to have someone like Luke Shaw who is consistent and I think Victor Lindelof as well I think he's actually turned in this best couple of weeks in a United shirt over the last little period I think he's looked a lot more solid and he's benefited from a run of games but then it just takes a split second because the defense the defensive confidence is so fragile for that to undermine things and I guess the great thing looking back at that Saturday game was we did look somewhat concerning in defense but again we lent on our attack as that game wore on in the second half we created a lot of chances and ultimately I'd say the victory probably felt about right yeah, I totally agree. I, I totally agree. I mean, I think in terms of the defence, obviously, you know, De Gea's gone from the Golden Glove last season to almost, what, keeping one clean sheet so far this season, I think? Yeah, we've got plus one goal difference right now. It's, it's astonishing. But the, the, the strange thing about it is how utterly inevitable this has all felt. You know, every single United fan who had even a clue what was going on at the club in pre-season were saying, this is very worrying. This season does not look good. You know, for a team who'd finished second last season with a decent points total and had reached a cup final, it was all negativity going into this season. All throughout pre-season, all the friendlies, every word out of Mourinho's mouth. And obviously he played a very, very high-risk game of chicken, which was essentially to say my defenders are no good, I'm not happy with what I've got. And then the season starts and he has to play these players. And, you know, that game against Brighton was about as bad as I've seen us be post-Ferguson. You know, that was atrocious. Mm. Um, I don't quite feel the same way about the Spurs game because I thought we were really good in the first half and then fell asleep for five minutes at the beginning of the second and suddenly we're in major, major trouble. But, you know, on another day, we could have beaten Spurs. But it just... It feels to me like the defence is completely devoid of confidence because he's essentially said they're not good enough, which while most United fans, uh, you and I, certainly would agree that's probably true of a fair few of them, uh, what's ended up happening is they're playing without confidence and we can't keep a clean sheet for love nor money. And in the attacking areas of the pitch, as we know, there are, you know, there are great players there, which is why... Perhaps a managerial change would be a short-term fix. And I still don't think Mourinho will see out this season because I do think that someone could get more out of them. And we should be able to play, you know, with the players we have, particularly if, if we look at the first half on the weekend, you know, we should be playing 90 minutes like we did in that second half. If you look at the attacking talent we have, we should be better than Bournemouth. I'm not saying we should, you know, be able to necessarily go toe-to-toe with City because I think they undoubtedly have a better squad than we do. But it does seem strange that there are these lesser teams who are consistently making it very, very difficult for us and we're hardly able to get a kick. You know, in the first half, we were so bad. And I was impressed by Mourinho's honesty. I actually didn't think... Maybe he was, but I didn't think he was playing a game with the media. You know, he seemed on Sky immediately after the game to be genuinely quite livid and and feel very, very fortunate. You know, he said, I think he said he was the luckiest manager in the world, that it was one all at half time. And that's about right. I mean, we were really, really poor, but... It actually, whatever he said to them, they went out and they had that reprieve that it was one all and were really good in the second half. And like you say, I think on the balance of play, we did deserve it because we were just so dominant in that second half. And it did feel a little bit like the old days where you just know something's coming. Um, and it didn't shock me that we won it at the death. It actually didn't. No, I kind of feel the same, even though I wasn't necessarily sure where that last chance was coming from. And, you know, you think about the chances that we actually had in that game, and especially in the second half. You know, a wonderful touch by Martial to set Luke Shaw free. And, you know, how many times have we seen our left-back bouncing into the area and running in for a shot on goal? That just does not really happen in the modern day. Not for us, anyway. You know, it's pretty standard for most other clubs, but there we go. You know, again, you would prefer to have that be the other way around. Sure, holding the ball up for Martial and having him going in the on goal in the form that he's in. Uh, and then you had, what, Rashford. I mean, I'm still 
Part of me thinks that is such a wonderful block by Ake, but the other half just thinks, how on earth has he not scored that? Wonderful free kick by Ashley Young and all from fortunately at the crossbar. And then Jesse Lingard with a really, really good chance just as uh, stoppage time was starting. And yeah, even the goal itself. I mean, Rashford's control there. It looks like he jumped up to head it and then completely misjudged it and ended up doing the most confounding piece of chest control for that Bournemouth defence that I've ever seen in my life. And then did really well to keep his composure after that initial fluff and then got it into the bottom corner. And again, thought that was deserved, but I wasn't necessarily sure where the chance was coming from. But still, you know, those are encouraging elements of where United are at at the moment. But speaking of Martial and Shaw, you know, there's been an ongoing sort of narrative where people who are pro Mourinho have been talking about how his methods work given enough time, and especially with those two players who, you know, this summer, in different circumstances, could both have left. How much do you think Mourinho deserves credit for the way that Shaw and Martial in particular, because he's on absolute fire at the minute, are performing? Um, Well, let's take them separately. I, I think that Shaw is a very interesting case because... You know, we obviously, as football fans, all we can do is speculate as to what happens behind the scenes. But it seemed to me as though Shaw was being treated very, very shoddily. And it seemed that every word out of Mourinho's mouth felt critical and harsh. And it wasn't also helped by the fact that Shaw did not seem to be in great shape. And the general consensus was Mourinho wants him gone. Then when he started playing well this season, you know, he did a a long interview, I think, in The Guardian, where he kind of said, you know, people don't know the truth behind things and Mourinho texts me and was very positive about Mourinho's man management. And I do think that whatever he has done there, I think it has worked. Um, I do think that Shaw is undoubtedly a very good player and always has been and, you know, was until he got injured in his first season, you know, playing very, very well. And then he had that injury. And then when a player comes back from a bad injury, you always have that sense of, you know, mentally, are they ready, especially a defender, to go in for challenges again? Um, but I do think, you know, Mourinho deserves some credit there because I, it seemed to me, and almost everyone I spoke to, Mourinho's given up on him, he'll be out the door. Every single pundit I heard talk about it said, sure won't be there for much longer. And he stayed, and he's arguably, or almost inarguably, been the bright spark of this season. Um, With Martial, I I have slightly different feelings. Because, uh, as far as I'm concerned, and I know there's been a slight change of opinion from some United fans that I've spoken to, but I think Martial is, is a really incredible talent. And now I am not a United fan who's sort of party line, every single player is brilliant, you know, we are the best, it's amazing. And I, I've got enough uh, friends who support Spurs who've wound me up over the years because they seem to think that in every position, in every season, they've got the best players and yet somehow still never <laughs> actually achieve anything. Um, but, you know, like even Pogba, I have some major reservations about and I was quite glad that you mentioned earlier his mistake against Everton, which I sort of think is slightly glossed over. Um it just feels to me as though people do not want to look at the reality of some of Pogba's performances and, and what he does. Um, you know, even in the game where he missed the penalty with the faltering run up and also was at fault for a goal, I was hearing talk about it being like an absolute masterclass. And it's like, you know, we didn't used to about our very best players have to big them up and say they had a masterclass in games when they missed the penalty and also were responsible for a goal. Admittedly, you know, he scored the rebound from the penalty, but my God, that run up can can absolutely get lost. <laughs> um, but, but with Martial, was there for his debut against Liverpool where he scored that stunning goal, blown away by that. Felt to me like opportunities were limited and maybe he wasn't taking chances after that. But I would just always back him to have him in the team. You know, I was absolutely gutted when there was talk that he was going to leave. And, you know, there was even talk he might go to Spurs. And it just felt to me like this is a really, really fine footballer. And nothing he's done in the last few weeks massively surprises me. So I just don't give Mourinho that much credit for that. Because I just think if you'd given him any sustained run at any time, um, he'd probably have given you similar. And I think... So much is made of kind of his body language and he's not the most smiley man in the world. But I just, you know, it doesn't really make that much sense to me. I just think he is excellent and I think he's a major, major asset. And 
it seems so strange to me that he was one that we were talking about losing and that, you know, still there's the possibility maybe Mourinho uh, doesn't want to keep him for the long term. But this run of games, hopefully, you know, because this is probably, well, almost certainly the most significant run of games in Mourinho's time at the club, because I think this is deciding whether he stays. Um, and it will be very interesting if we lose twice this week, as I suspect we will, what the talk will be come next weekend. Because I, I do think it will be crisis again, or at least in the papers. No, no, I agree. I mean, I think... I don't see that United are incapable of getting a draw or a positive result of some description in Italy in midweek. You know, I think the thing with Juventus's complete dominance of possession, yes, they got the lead and they sort of settled back on that and waited for United to try and create chances, which we didn't really do. You know, I think Pogba came the closest where he hit the post and then the ball bounced off of Chesney in the second half. But that was pretty much it. You know, we didn't really necessarily get close to goal and really pepper the Juve goal with shots at any point. But with a more disciplined performance, we could definitely do better. And, you know, with the form that Martial is in, if you give him a chance or even a half chance at the minute, then he could easily make things happen. In terms of City, I mean, Lord knows which United side is going to turn up. If if we start that City game in the same way that we played against Bournemouth, then we're going to be, you know, cooked within two minutes flat. And we could easily end up 3 or 4-0 down in the same way that we should have ended up 3 or 4-0 down. We did this fixture last season. You know, we got very, very lucky in that game that City didn't put us to the sword in the first 45 minutes. So it's going to be, you know, it sounds really cliche, but it is a case of how quickly United can start those games, isn't it? And just going back to your point of Martial, I'm kind of inclined to agree. You know, you think back to how well he was playing before Sanchez came into the side. He was linking up very well with his teammates, scored some great goals, you know, a wonderful assist to set up Jesse Lingard in the game against Arsenal at the Emirates. A couple of weeks later, scoring an absolute blitzing goal against Everton, you know, with with a very similar finish to the one that he scored against Everton, ironically, at Old Trafford last weekend. You know, he is the best finisher at the club by some gigantic distance in terms of our attacking talent. And he can just make something happen out of nothing. And, you know, I think that's one thing that I just wanted to run by you as well before we finish off. Just talking in particular about Mourinho's approach, which is almost similar to Van Hals in a way, when you know, the, our backs are against the wall and we're having a lot of possession. We don't tend to create a lot. So it puts a lot of pressure on our forward players to take the chances they get. And that's not necessarily helped Lukaku a lot in the last couple of weeks or months indeed, because he's looked quite sort of out of form and not very sharp. When you've got a player like Martial creating goals out of seemingly half chances and shooting so well at the moment and scoring goals from difficult situations that most players around him couldn't score. Do you think that gives Mourinho some confidence that perhaps there is a way that his strategy and his attacking plan for United can actually come off? Do you think he could be the key that helps it work? Yeah, I I think there, there is a strong chance that that is the case, actually, because, you know, if you look at the second Chelsea goal, um, he almost puts it in the only place he possibly can. You know, and it's it's and as you say, you know, unquestionably the best finisher at the club. And he, he, you know, the way he struck that, and you know, we were right behind that goal. And you just knew the second he hit it, and there's a defender in the way, and the keeper's there, and he just, you know, belts it into the bottom corner. And I think you know as well as I do, the one thing that may be in Mourinho's favour this week is that this is two games. Whatever United fans say about playing the United way and Matt Busby, I think you know, other than really the very deluded. I think almost everyone would be happy with two draws this week. And Mourinho traditionally has been a manager who's all right at getting draws. So if he does set us up, as I suspect he will, for two games where we're basically going to play quite defensively and, you know, a nil-nil wouldn't be the end of the world and maybe we catch them on the break, maybe we are in for a pleasant surprise. Because, like you say... If he's got someone up front who can sort of take the one chance that we're going to get, that would put us in a very good position. I mean, I I did hear that last season, much as I am no massive fan of XG or talking about it, didn't we finish kind of exactly where we should have finished? We were sort of taking chances. Or, Or if anything, maybe we did a little bit better than we were expected to. You know, in games, we weren't having that many shots, but we were managing to score from them quite often. It wasn't like we were missing a bunch of chances and we could look back at the season and go, oh, if only, if only. You know, we've got a keeper who who certainly last season saved almost everything. And up front, we were having three chances a game and scoring two of them, say. Um, and I think, 
that is, you know, that is not a viable way to keep going. You know, that it's just you will get found out eventually because that's the way that statistics work. But yeah, I, I think, you know, Marshall's obviously the man at the moment. He's playing so well. Um, hopefully, if he gets a chance or two in the next two games, I mean, I am. I know I said earlier that I don't kind of blindly defend all United players, but I am, as is on record uh, through tweets that I've written, a massive Lukaku fan. And I know that is a slightly controversial yeah. take. I didn't realise it was a controversial take when I first thought it. But, you know, I always liked him at <laughs> Everton and I sort of saw nothing different after he came to us. He just scores a lot of goals and he reminds me a little bit of a kind of Andy Cole figure who a lot of United fans didn't massively take to, um, certainly at first, because he is someone, as Glenn Hoddle pointed out at the time, who, you know, it takes him a few chances to score. But, the way I think about it is if United were a great team like they were when Andy Cole was in the team, Lukaku would be considered a greater player. You know, Lukaku would be a perfectly... Because I hear a lot of people saying, well, you know, you can't have Lukaku in a team that wants to win the league. And actually, I think Andy Cole is the direct comparison that I can think of where there is a player, you know, he wasn't an Eric Cantona. Um However, he did a really good job in that team and he won a bunch of titles because he had great players all around him. And I think if Lukaku was, you know, even put in like the City team, he'd get a ridiculous amount of goals and he would win league titles and no one would question whether he warranted a place. I just think it's unfortunate that he's in a team at the moment who that aren't functioning particularly well and aren't right at the top of the table. Therefore, it puts an added kind of stress on him. And obviously, you know, the last few games are kind of indefensible because he has played very, very badly and just doesn't... The movement is completely non-existent. Um, But I just think he is a player who, as with lots of strikers, he has kind of droughts and I'm sure there will be a run coming again very soon when he's back in the team and he will score a few goals in a few games and people will forget that they felt this way. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm hoping too. I mean, I think it's... It's fortuitous to a certain extent that, you know, according to reports, he's actually injured at the moment. I think that's that's not necessarily a bad thing for Rashford. I think that's quite good for Sanchez because it means he gets to play through the middle because he has just been so, so poor on the left. And again, just before we finish off, I thought Sanchez was all right yesterday. Did really, really well for the goal. Great assist there to set Martial up. And it's so nice to see someone actually be in that position and not waiting for the ball to come to them. Martial very nicely drifted into the box and fired that one home, even though in that first half, we really didn't deserve it. Anyway, before we finish off for the evening, uh, quick score predictions for Juventus and City for me, please, Darren. Oh, God. Um... (laughs) I think we will lose. Nice. Good start. Two, <laughs> I think we'll lose 2 0 um, in Italy. And I think we will lose 4 1 at City. Good grief. I know. Wow. I, I, I mean, uh, even for us, this is negativity on a different level. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll see. We'll see. Good grief. All right, Darren. Thank you very much for your time this evening. Really appreciate it. We'll chat to you again soon. Thanks very much for having me. Cheers. Rich, so Sunday happened, but before that, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four days previously, we actually had a half-decent result in Italy. So before we get waylaid with all of the sludge that came after United's defeat in the derby, why don't we just have a quick couple of minutes chat, just in a nice safe space, before we get onto the derby, about that victory against Juventus. I feel like that will do us good. Yeah. So yeah, that, that win in Italy, that was not terrible. It it wasn't terrible, and it's... It almost highlights a great contradiction that we're seeing with Mourinho and the almost the reasons why he used to succeed and the reasons why he's not succeeding now. So United came out and it in the first half it looked like we had a plan. We may it may not have been incredibly dangerous to Juventus, but we looked like we had a plan. We were more progressive. There was actually intent there. There was structure to what we were doing. And even though Juve hit the post in the first half, you know, it was a reasonable turnout compared to our normal first halves, which, which looked like an absolute shambles. We looked like we had a plan. And then the way the second half panned out, again, we rode our luck a bit, but but it, Mourinho's changes, substitutions at the end, essentially turned the game. Yeah. And obviously after the game, he's he's given the ear to the Juve fans. in, And that is the, you know, what we saw then was the old Jose really impacting games, impacting big games with key decisions and be, and then showing defiance 
you know, that spark that's been missing so much. Um, it was an absolutely fantastic result. It wasn't necessarily an amazing performance, but it was the old Jose to suddenly win that game in the way that he did. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, I think you mentioned there in the first half, we might have considered ourselves somewhat lucky not to be 1-0 down. You know, Kadiri hit the post and there were a couple of occasions where Juve did slice through us, but we looked relatively solid, didn't we? You know, I think the midfield did a relatively decent job of protecting the back four. We weren't remarkably porous and you could see essentially what the attacking side of things was trying to do. Often didn't necessarily come off that well. We didn't necessarily really threaten Chesney that much, but <clears throat> there was a point to what United were doing in that first half. There was a plan. And considering how bereft of a plan we were two weeks previously in that first fixture at Old Trafford, that was really welcome. Mm. The thing you can say about that game as well was that it was, I hasten to use the term free hit, but that's almost what it was. Because essentially, because of that young boys draw with Valencia a couple of weeks back, we knew that essentially qualification was still in our hands regardless of the scoreline against Juventus. So to have gotten a win out of it, especially considering that after Ronaldo's goal, annoyingly well taken as it was... They spurred several good chances to extend their lead. You know, Dybala with that great shot prior to Ronaldo's goal that could easily have gone in. You know, we just gave him far too much time on the edge of the box. Quadrado skying from, what, three metres out? It was a bit further than that, I think, wasn't it? it was, but it was a terrible miss, wasn't it? Oh, it wasn't good. No, it was not good. And you said there, you know, the Mourinho substitutions in that second half turned the tide in our favour. We started to unsettle Juventus. We actually started to attack. Rashford came on, started being more direct, and that was really useful. And then when... We had that free kick right on the edge of the area after Pogba was fouled. I don't know about you. I thought that was going in. Matt is probably the best free kick taker. Oh, yeah. Give him free kicks until he leaves United. Probably the best we've had since since Beckham. Maybe I'm overthinking. No, I think I think probably he is the best at those. I mean, we don't score a huge number, but he, he's very good at them. And yeah, it always looked like there was a chance. It was absolutely perfect for him, wasn't it? On his left foot just to the left of the centre of the area, just far enough back that he could get enough lift on it and dip to get actually get it back in the goal again. Yeah, mm. it was one of those situations you think he's got a really good chance of, of putting this in, and he did. And then, obviously, the whole the whole game was ter- already been turned on its head to a degree, but but it really flipped then because, because Juve had to push, felt they had to push for a winner, and it just left United a lot of space, and Martial had been playing well in the second half anyway, and he was really troubling them. And then he obviously... I think it was Martial that won the. Might have been rational. Martial won the free kick for the for the second goal, but essentially Juve just looked absolutely stunned. Allegri had taken Barzagli off, which I think had unsettled them a bit at the back as well. But but Mourinho had taken advantage. No, exactly, and I think that that free kick, considering the position that we were in, with Fellaini tucked into the mix, that did unsettle Juventus, and that's where the goal came from, wasn't it? You put those big men into the box and good things happen towards the end. Yeah, we got very lucky with the deflection. Would it come off Sandra in the end? Yeah. But really don't care. You know, it's been a long, long time since United have had a very encouraging result like that away in Europe. All right, Martin Keown saying he's just United's best ever result in Europe. I mean, maybe he was talking about the group stages. I'm kind of tempted to give him the benefit of the doubt. Even then, that's wrong. But yes. Well, yeah, to be fair. But still, you know, I think the last sort of five or six years, I can't think of a result off the top of my head in the Champions League, in the group stages or around in the away sort of sector that resonates quite as highly as that one does. That was a really great result. And, you know, in the context of our Champions League group, that gives us some leeway and it gives us some room to manoeuvre. You know, we go into that game against young boys and we win that and Valencia lose against Juventus, which they most likely will do, then that's us pretty much home and dry. Even if they draw. Even if they draw, if we win that game, we're through. So. Well, excellent, yeah. I mean, that's better than we thought we were going to be getting after that first game against Juventus several weeks ago. So that's positive. You know, we looked at that group several months ago and thought that's going to be tricky. To have gotten that victory is a really good step in the right direction. Now we've talked about... Actually, no, to be fair, before we go to the Derby game, just want to mention one thing. I loved, loved Salty Ronaldo after that. All right, fair enough. A lovely goal, really nice volley. But, ugh, I seize up when I think about that image of him sort of revealing his torso to the Turin Stadium. It's just gross. And then whinging about the fact that, you know, United didn't really do much to win. They didn't deserve it and all that sort of guff. I absolutely love it. But he's a bit like he's a bit like Mourinho, isn't he? That you know, they they are the great egotists. They are both extremely self-absorbed and have tunnel vision in terms of in terms of the world around them. And both of them are, are terrible losers. And, and to a degree, that's part of or has been part of their genius. Ronaldo's desire not 
basically to show you know to, to to score goals and to show himself off and get all the glory is to has been what's driven him to a degree. And Mourinho again, you know, he's always loved throughout his career to make it all about him, and he loves telling everybody what he's won and and how great am I. And those are things that make them great. The flip side, I suppose, we're seeing with with Mourinho and taking us back onto the derby, is that is that that when things don't go their way then the response isn't necessarily a very productive one for either. I just find it funny when he's pissed off, quite frankly, Rich. Yes. It's great. It <laughs> my day. Well, yes, no. It... Very, very, very enjoyable. I'm not going to lie. And yeah, again, great result for us. And, you know, we go in, We went into the derby after that midweek fixture with some positivity. You just thought, if we can stay solid, if we can make sure the back four's protected, and if we can trouble City with some of that attacking play, then maybe we'll be on to a good thing. And then, you know, you saw the lineup. Sanchez on the bench, that wasn't necessarily too much of a surprise, but the absence at Pogba, and then going back to Matic and Fellaini, I really desperately wanted to give United and Mourinho the benefit of the doubt when I saw that lineup and saw that midfield, because we know what City are like. They pass so quickly, their movement is so excellent, it's sickening watching how good they are on the ball. And it turned out it was absolutely sickening watching us just chase the ball around for pretty much 90 minutes. You know, there was barely any point barely any period of sustained pressure in the entirety of that game. It was just shambolic, wasn't it? And to have gone from a really encouraging result and elements of a very encouraging performance away in Italy to then come back to this game, knowing that if we lost, there would be 12 points off the top of the table and just as close to the relegation places than we were to the top. Just an absolute waste of a game. You know, it was clear that Mourinho didn't have any idea once Pogba was injured other than play Fellaini and see if we could unsettle them physically. And we didn't get anywhere near unsettling them physically or any other way apart from that one chance when Lukaku did very well to win that penalty. That was it. It was just an, the absolute state of that game still winds me up several days on. The makeup of that midfield, it, this is the flip side of Mourinho. This is the him making decisions which are clearly absolutely bananas. Go back to speaking about the Sevilla game last year, it was, we saw that the issue that um, a midfield that contains Fellaini and Matic has with midfielders who can pass, who can dribble, who are quick and agile. And, you know, we got, our midfield got murdered in that Sevilla game. And the thought process, I cannot co- quite comprehend what the thought process was in Mourinho's head that led him to pick those two in the same midfield. And on top of that, which is a wider point to keep picking the man Matic at all because the guy has been increasingly horrendous for months uh, I mean there's a story a couple of days ago I think after the after the city game actually that essentially said that um, a lot of the players and the staff are getting increasingly annoyed that Matic doesn't there are no consequences for Matic no matter how badly he plays and you could understand that can't you you know you're, you're trying to motivate people in the dressing room and here you've got a guy and, and you criticize him a lot of the time. And here you've got a guy who has been as bad as anybody else over the course of this season, even towards the end of last season, and who there are no consequences for. And and it, it was just easy. It was just easy for City. But if you pick if you pick that midfield, a midfield three with absolutely no creativity at all, no incisive passing ability, then who can't even press? I mean, the point was that there's there's been some speculation that Mourinho really doesn't rate Fred, you know, which is bad enough given that he's bought the guy for £50 million. But... But even if he doesn't essentially rate him that highly, I would have looked at that game and thought, I need a guy who's who's agile and who's quite quick and who can get about and press the city midfield and just get at them. And and even then, you know, Freddie's a guy who's got, you know, he he has always played a more creative role, largely always played a more creative role than, than the three guys who played at Shakhtar. I, I cannot quite fathom, the you know, how he made the decision but then again after the game another quote that you know wound a lot of people up not unreasonably Mourinho basically said look I was forced to play Fellaini if I hadn't yeah. if I hadn't played Fellaini I could have brought him on in the last 10 minutes and City would have been terrified and you know in big big trouble and it's just it just kind of it, it shows you his mindset again it takes us back to this notion that Mourinho only has two ideas he has put these players out the players that I'm going to choose out there and see how they do and if we if if it doesn't work, then I'll chuck Fellaini on and we'll fuzz long balls up to him. You know, it's just another facet of his excuses, his ridiculous excuses, and the fact that he just doesn't have 
consistently have the the magic that he used to have and and he doesn't have an idea of how to make this team function beyond chucking loaded players out and then fuzzing it to a big man if it doesn't work you know which is frustrating you know it's not been a bad couple of weeks we've we've gone into five games which on paper looked very very tough and we've won we've won three of them um and we've we've drawn one at Chelsea which was annoying but it was on face of it a decent, an okay result and then lost the city game but but it's the context as well and he's just gone from that little bit of genius that glint in his eye that defiance that he had in Turin to a bloke who just looks he looks like he hasn't got any ideas anymore and he's just making excuses and fob, you know fobbing off on other people and other situations that aren't his fault and this is why I think you know even if we look back at the last few games it's difficult to have to feel that we can have any enormous positivity going forward that things are going to change because he just can't help himself no and i think the fred stuff really wound me up you know it wouldn't surprise me if Mourinho's got reservations about fred but the problem is is that this is a player that united bought for a stupid amount of money i'm not saying that just because you have a high price tag that you are dead certain to start every game that's not how this works and also not every player that you bring in is going to be a guaranteed success. Again, that's not how football works. Not every player is going to hit the ground running and acclimatise quickly and give the manager what they want. But Mourinho can't moan about not getting available funds and not getting the players that he wants in when he doesn't play the players that he buys for large sums and then basically just reverts back to players that have been at the clubs for years like Fellaini, you know, and Ashley Young and Tony Valencia. You know, this talk about Young and Valencia getting new contracts... Well, what? I mean, quite frankly, what the hell? What's the point? Diego Delo's been injured for a large part of this season by the look of it, but he's seemingly fallen off the face of the earth. Darmian hasn't had a sniff in, and again, we're ta- seeing rumours today that he's going to be off in January. And fair play to him, I think he should. You know, his career's been on hold for almost 18 months now because Mourinho just doesn't want to use him and doesn't want to get rid of him. And it's decisions like bringing Fred in and then not using him and not giving him the chance to acclimatise to me... And having spent that much money on him, it I just kind of look at the situation and think, well, if you were the board, I'm not suggesting that I back them because, you know, we all have to add this caveat into discussions about Ed Woodward and the board. I don't know any single United fan that is behind the Glazers or Ed Woodward and thinks that they're doing a bang up job because it's very clear that in some aspects they definitely are not. But you can understand why they'd be a bit worried about giving Mourinho more money to spend in the winter or the summer transfer window if they give £52 million to Shakhtar Donetsk and he's fit. And in that game, as you said there, you need someone who's going to press, you need some energy, you need a little bit of creativity, things that Fred can do to a certain extent, but you plant for Fellaini. United's midfield get overrun and Fred's just sat there looking like a numpty on the bench just wondering what the hell's going on. One of the most the most damning things is if you look at his 10 signings, I would say... Only Ibrahimovic has been an absolutely unqualified success. For United to be starting that derby in the third season of Mourinho's time at the club and him only playing two of his own signings. Um, and we know that perhaps Lukaku wasn't entirely fit, but playing two, two of his own signings. And these are signings that he's spent an absolute fortune on. Obviously Pogba's injured as well, but, but the, choosing Matic, who has been horrendous for ages. So many of, of the decisions he, he's making, they don't fit together. But there are quotes back from September saying uh, him saying about Ashley Young and Ander Herrera and Juan Mata that, 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 and all the, you know, the other guys that he want that were com- coming out of contract, that he wants these guys to, to have new contracts. He wants them because he trusts them and, and they're his guys and they're important to the club. But if you're a United fan, you can perhaps see some logic with keeping Ashley Young as as a backup to a new right back or perhaps keeping Ander Herrera just as a squad option. But giving a new contract to Fellaini, giving new contracts to all these other guys is essentially just maintaining the status quo. And any criticism of Mourinho is, is often met with, but look at, the, look at the state of the club. And they're absolutely right. The Glazers have been poisoned. Edward Ward should not be making footballing decisions alone. And if he'd lost trust in Mourinho in the summer, he should have sacked him and got a new manager in in the summer rather than rather than not giving him any players and knowing that he would just explode and poison the well. But as you said, by the same token, you can also see why Edward Wall might look at the 10 signings that he's given to Mourinho. Obviously, Ibrahimovic is old and left, but of the, nine, of the other nine, he sold one and doesn't really fancy or use 
a, a large number of the others. Or if, if if he does, he can't get performances out of them. So if you're the the guy who's in charge in charge of making those decisions, then I, I wouldn't blame you for thinking, do I really want to spend sixty five million pounds on Willian and pay him two hundred and fifty thousand pounds a week? And find myself stuck in the same situation as I am with Alexis Sanchez, where there's this guy who's on absolutely huge money that quite clearly the manager can't doesn't know what to do with and can't can't get a tune mm. out of him. Or this other guy that I've bought who's twenty nine, nearly thirty in midfield, who's essentially one of United's consistently worst performers. <clears throat> you know, you've got a guy like Eric Bailly. There are so many players at United who Mourinho could and should be getting more out of. And it's it's been a lesson to see Anthony Martial come back into the side because Sanchez had just had so long in there that he it wasn't feasible for Mourinho to keep him in there anymore because he was going to lose his job because Sanchez was part of the issue of how bad they'd been. To bring Martial back in and, and suddenly we find ourselves where we were in January last year with Martial playing really well and scoring goals. That's a wasted six months for nothing, for nothing, absolutely nothing, just on a, a decision that he decided to make and wouldn't back out on. So... The, re- the reality of the situation is that there's fault with the club, there's fault with Edward Ward, but there's also a significant amount of fault with Jose Mourinho. And one of the most disappointing things we've seen this season is the way in which he successfully managed to make this into a binary debate. Essentially saying, I'm against the owners and I'm against Edward Ward not signing me players. You all need to be behind me because it's me or the club. You know, and I'll go and give you my coat after a game, or come and clap you after a game when I'm nearly getting sacked, and then revert back to not again when he's when things are a bit safer. A lot of fans have allowed themselves to be manipulated by that into this binary debate between two parties. And the reality is, both parties are not performing as they should, anywhere near it. No. And the so so we need more than one solution. I, I cannot comprehend the situation, and again, this weekend brings it back to me. I cannot comprehend a situation in which Mourinho can ever recover this United to the standard that was required of him to do when he was given the job. And I, I struggle to see him surviving past next summer, but I can see him surviving until the summer because I think we'll probably hobble along just doing just enough or, or a little bit more than he, he, he needs us to do to not get sacked, but without ever actually really challenging those those above us that we should be competing with. And then the club moved him on in the summer and they've had some time to make the changes they want to make or find find the right manager or whatever. And then we have to just pray that, that they make the right decision, whether we trust them to or not, because this situation is not sustainable for a lot of the fans, I think, and, and really for the players and everything else. You know, we've, we've seen the papers today, David De Gea really holding off on signing a new contract because he doesn't think we're going anywhere. No, I mean, you can blame him. I mean, at the moment, United are drifting completely. Yeah. You know, it will cost us our best players if this situation carries on. And regardless of whether you feel Mourinho is doing, is being hampered by what's going on with the Glazers or your feelings on whether or not he should stay manager or not, the fact that you've got David De Gea, who clearly loves being at United, but is struggling because, number one, the defence is a complete mess and it's not getting the, the cover it should be. A situation that continues to be allowed where we got players like Pogba and De Gea, all right, regardless of your feelings on Pogba, Losing him at this stage when we are trying to build something is the exact opposite of what United need because mm. there's no one that can fill that creative hole if you should leave. And when it comes to signing, if De Gea leaves, for instance, in this coming summer or the one after that for a nice big sum or just on a free transfer, United are pretty much back to square one. Yeah, I wouldn't say no to Sergio Romero covering for a little while, but he shouldn't be our number one goalkeeper. If this is allowed to go on too long, it is going to create more problems than it will solve so annoyed after that Juventus game which had some encouraging spots and had a really great end to it and a good result especially because that was what the third time in those recent weeks where we actually had a late winner you know it was great it was it's nice to see that United are still going on for 90 minutes but all of that good stuff was completely absent against City and again you know we've talked so much about the reasons behind that and the reasons why that performance was such an absolute stinker you know it's obvious to see these aren't new things and it's you know it's now a case of waiting for the ball to pull the trigger and I hate being at that point where I'm saying that because I feel like we've been there before and then a couple of good wins might put us on the spin. But it's just whether or not... The the question's always been, for me, is whether or not Mourinho can sustain United's performances and the results at the same time and keep getting performances out of us. And that has been something that he struggled with throughout his tenure. Right now seems to be the lowest ebb in terms of our 
performance level consistently anyway just in terms of where we're at and you know it's not so much down to losing to City because there's no shame in losing to Manchester City at the moment much as it pains me to say it's down to losing those games at Brighton and West Ham and getting hammered by Spurs and not getting that victory against Wolves and not hanging on for the win against Chelsea all those results combined with City are combined to leave us in a really precarious and pretty embarrassing situation you know negative goal difference in mid-November first time in 40 years 40 years since we had a negative exactly. goal difference at this point in the season. With arguably our best attack in terms of the options that we have in the post-Ferguson era by some distance, yeah. but we still can't seem to get it together. But there we go. Look, we've been here before, haven't we, Rich? Let's just try and enjoy our uh, our two weeks off of the international break, shall we? We can, we can try. I, I was, was going to say, you know, we're coming back and we've got a, a very, very nice run of games. Very soft. We've got four home games in a row. Oh, well, no, 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 no. no, no, no. So what I'm... So what I'm going to say is, what I'm going to say is, look, we've got games <laughs> which, if if this team is going to recover, if Mourinho is going to recover the situation, then he has a run of games. That if he can change the the way that we've been performing against the lesser teams, then you can say, well, okay, I can I, I can see a change here. I can see that we're we're doing it in the games we should be doing it that we've been letting ourselves down in. But what I suspect is that we'll probably win a couple and then screw up a game we should really be winning and it won't quite work out like that but he's got the fixtures if he he wants to at least preserve himself until the summer he's got the fixtures he's got four home games against and he's got five uh, he's got Arsenal at home but the other four are very relatively soft opponents in Premier League and Champions League terms so if you know United have the chance to put a run together after this this international window this is fun isn't it oh well (laughs) rich thanks for your company as ever we'll chat once we've gathered ourselves after the international break i guess always a pleasure thank you mate cheers mate guys thank you so much for listening as always don't forget you can get us all over the internet in terms of this podcast you can get it on soundcloud itunes other android apps and stitcher as well and if you want to chat to us on twitter then you're more than welcome to do that you can get the pod at ad red voices musc you can get rich at, at rich red voices and you can get me it's at you and let it have yourselves a superb week or so enjoy the international break we certainly will cheerio